The Nifty Show. The apparent inevitability of NFT mass adoption is becoming higher resolution and drawing nearer amid recent news. I'm Riles hosting The Nifty Show with Joel Com. Pleased to bring you episode number 206, if you can believe that. Mm, and this is kind of th- this episode dovetails off of our last episode. We in 205 talked about how the big game companies, the giants, Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony, Epic Games, all either insinuating that they're taking a close look at NFTs or in some cases are actually moving forward and bringing them into their ecosystem. And today we're going to talk about how these companies and perhaps others can help bring NFTs to the masses via gaming. One of the biggest stories that broke in our last episode was that PlayStation, Sony, the uh, the owners of PlayStation, have filed a patent for transferable NFTs that uh, that can be applied to multiple games, multiple consoles, multiple hardware devices. And this this was pretty huge news on the grounds that Sony is a massive, massive player in the gaming space. And if they are to put NFTs onto a PlayStation, immediately that technology is going to become exposed to millions of people that have never heard of NFTs. Right. They're not just saying, hey, we're thinking about this. They're saying we're we're we've got a patent. We intend to do this. Uh, This is happening. So keep up. Of course, since this is games that we're talking about, there has already been a lot of discourse, uh, even in the gaming mainstream pertaining to NFTs. And amid entities like Bored Apes, Dookie Dash, and some of the play-to-earn projects that have uh, spectacularly crashed and and even ruined some people's lives, you can imagine that the coverage hasn't been overall positive. But with both of these things happening at the same time, there, there's a lot to, to expect in the near future. You know, before, before you go on to that, um, I'm wondering, I could think of two major arguments that the new the well has been poisoned with um as far as gamers are concerned you know one of them being that nfts are a ponzi scheme um actually three nfts are a ponzi scheme uh nft i can own your nft by right click save asing it now i own your jpeg of your ape or whatever and the third is that nfts kill the environment because of gas fees on what used to be <laughs> proof of work on Ethereum and is now proof of stake. Are there others I'm missing? It seems to me that the, the primary association that the, the, main, the gaming mainstream has with NFTs is that they're just a scam. Like they're just designs to take money from you and not actually give you what they promise in return. Imagine that, the the lack of understanding that you must have. You'll go in a game and you'll pay real money to own a skin or a weapon uh, or, you know, uh, that you use only in the game versus being able to purchase purchase something with real money and be able to sell it to somebody else that is maybe not even in game yet. I, I don't get it. 
this is actually there's there's another story that that wasn't previously in the show notes that we should discuss because this this brings to mind the fact that EA just announced that they are taking service offline for several games and because they're taking the services offline they are no longer selling them and these are games that existed before the concept of games as a service Battlefield Bad Company 1, Battlefield Bad Company 2 and Mirror's Edge all have online functionality that is just going to disappear those were those were products that people paid once for to own them and now functionality is being taken away because there's no system in place to guarantee that you own anything so rip the band-aid off everything that you have ever bought in gaming if it requires any kind of server or you don't have physical media for it you don't own it and some of these companies including ourselves are trying to help remedy that so that that's real interesting. I'm looking that story up right now, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, and put that on the screen because I think that it really is the the tale being told there that people have paid to license these games, and now Electronic Arts EA is saying, "Well, we're taking them off the stores." So the money that you put in to pay these games you don't have access to the functionality that you um, you paid for before. And let, let's be very specific about this. The single-player functions should still be available. It's basically all mm -hmm. online functionality that is going away. Which is, for these games, that's a big deal. For right? some of um, them, yes. Not so much for Mirror's Edge. I think that only has like speed-running leaderboards. But for the shooters, the entire reason to play them was really the online. It wasn't the campaigns. Mm-hmm. It, it does show how much power that the, the companies have to, uh, to be able to control what people um, are going to play. Uh, anyway, that, that was really just a, a valuable detail to add context to, to the situation. At, at the end of the day, what we're looking at right now is we're looking at companies, very large companies, that are putting effort into delivering NFT services and NFT value to gamers. And a lot of gamers are not going to be happy with that. But hmm. I, I'm very certain about some things that are going to happen anyway. Okay. And what what are those things? My key assertion is that NFTs are going to become extremely commonplace and extremely standard in games in the mainstream, regardless of who likes it or not, no matter what. And, and here's why. Okay, there's there's multiple reasons. The first one, and no one's going to like hearing this, but this is just a factual statement. Historically, new technologies get mass adopted by the gaming mainstream against the wishes of the vocal minority. Mm. So, you know, when I was growing up, the standard was you purchase one game on the physical medium, uh, typically a compact disc. You would own that game. You would play that game whenever you pop the disc into to your PC, and that was the end of it. But beginning with first downloadable content, which I, I think pretty much everybody is still in favor of, where you would pay a larger sum for a sizable chunk of content to be added to a game that you already enjoy, that turned into microtransactions, mm -hmm. where we, we have seen a lot of good and we've seen a lot of bad. And the, the whole reputation of microtransactions got off on the wrong foot and has kind of stayed there in a lot of ways. Um, infamously, the uh, the oblivion horse armor is sort of the the first controversial dlc that i would contend would be better um 
categorized as a microtransaction where Bethesda attempted to sell a, uh, a, a horse armor for the Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. Um, which, which was is, a very popular game, right? Yes, Oblivion is, is a very well-received game. And th this is really a pattern with Bethesda. Bethesda produces very popular games that have some very weird quirks about them. Anyway, they were widely made fun of for the horse armor. And I'm going to guess they didn't get a, a ton of sales out of that. But if you look at the current state of things, if you look at how prolific and universal microtransactions have become. I'm not saying that they're all a good thing. I'm just saying that they're all there. More examples of these technologies that have gotten mass adopted are the concept of games as a service, which everybody should now be very intimately familiar with. That's the concept that it's no longer games as a product. It's a, an always online service that is provided for the duration that the company is willing to maintain the servers. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I have watched hundreds of games as a service games die forever because they lost support. And then- Well, and there's all kinds of problems because you linked up an article here that uh, that actually lists eight problems with this games as a service model. What are the absolutely. biggest ones? Uh, so I, I love the first one in this article because it, it lists that, they sort of use games as a service. Developers will use games as a service to excuse releasing something that isn't finished hmm. because there is this implicit promise that things will be fixed along the way. They'll be patched in future updates and cut content that they couldn't release in time will come out at a later date. And maybe these promises get fulfilled and maybe they don't. And a lot of these problems are very real. But again, I'm not talking about whether they're good or bad. I'm just saying these are now widely adopted. Everybody I have a question. Is, sure. is this example in this photo, uh, this is not intended to look like a man in a skeleton costume, right? This is, this is a skeleton that somehow the texturing isn't done yet and they've still got the outfit on him i mean that sure looks like a I, I i couldn't tell you i don't know what game that's from i mean I it really it makes a lot the of case like that a lot of game things like this have definitely happened it sure. makes the case for you know putting out something before it's ready yeah absolutely and again like these these are definitely real problems mm -hmm. so what what you would be taking away from this in the context of, of what i asserted is that even if some bad things happen as a result of NFTs becoming integrated into the gaming mainstream. It's going to happen, period. This is just historical evidence for why that's going to be the case. Well, and I see this in a broader sense, too, because I remember, you know, getting online early and, and when the web was new, people saying, oh, w this Internet thing will never catch on. I remember when Jeff Bezos started selling books out of his garage and they were like, oh, people will never shop online. When the smartphones came out, people said, we don't need a smartphone. We don't need a computer in our pockets. We just want to be able to make calls. And so of course the new technology at the beginning people push against it you can go back to when you know henry ford made the automobile and people are like we don't need this 
car. We have horse and buggies to take us around. So people are just resistant to change. They like what they know. They like what's comfortable. And they don't understand how these advances in technology are actually going to improve their lives and their experiences. And the same thing is going to happen with NFTs, which will probably go back to calling digital collectibles again and you know just like you you like to pat yourself on the back well deservedly for calling you know how play to earn uh is a bad model back in 2017 when travis and i did an episode on crypto kitties before um you know anybody else did a show on it we didn't call them nfts we didn't know that terminology we called them digital collectibles, which is something that I think people can understand and embrace a lot more than an NFT. Uh, I, I know you want to take it in the direction of the marketable term. I don't think, I don't think digital collectibles is, is going to catch on for the mainstream. I think it's, it's, it's still digital a lot ownership. of syllables. D- digital uh, ownership. Some, I like, some other term. like true ownership has, has so much more weight to it. But besides that, I, you've got me feeling like I'm playing good cop here of all things. That's okay. Go, I, go for it. I, I sympathize with the people that are cynical about all of this. If you were an outsider looking into this space and seeing people's lives fall apart because they bought into a scam or they bought into a play to earn that crashed or they bought into a, a a shit coin and their finances fell apart. Wouldn't yeah, it's kind of kind of thinking... like having your money at Silicon Valley Bank. Oh, hello. <laughs> perspective is everything. You know, people don't have quite the whole uh, holistic perspective that, that we have on the relationship between assets and ownership and, and how much people have of either one. But if, if you were an outsider, wouldn't you be looking at, at this? And, and saying, gee, it doesn't seem like a whole lot of people's lives are being made better. Uh, possibly, but if I had a very limited view, which is what we're talking about. Perhaps. Uh, I See, I, I rarely have that view when it comes to technology because I'm usually looking at these things before, you know, we're anywhere near the mainstream being able to hear about it. So when I hear of new technology, I'm always just excited, like, ooh, what cool toy is this and what's it going to do? Uh, but I can't understand normies feeling that way (laughs) (laughs) right yeah it 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 does make sense it makes sense that people are cynical and it's it's okay that they're cynical Uh, this is just all about how regardless of how much reing happens regardless of how many popular youtubers uh replace the the uh the acronym for nft with no fucking thanks it's going to happen uh it's it's been proven that it's going to happen it's proven that this isn't a fad on the grounds that whereas pogs didn't have any hidden greater utility this technology clearly does well and and there's expectations too that are being put on nfts that there weren't on previous collectibles you know when when we put out blockchain heroes we said these are these are digital collectibles that's what these are that's what they do you open a pack, you might get something super rare, you collect them, you might be able to participate in some burn activities to get some new stuff, but that's what they do. And now in the NFT world, that's not enough for a lot of people. They are demanding that these collectibles, these NFTs do something. It's like the meme with the guy with the stick poking, saying, come on, NFT, (laughs) do something. Come on, baseball card. 
I, I want I don't just want a baseball card rookie card of the new player for you know the Kansas City Royals. I want this card to unlock something else. I don't think the baseball card collecting community is doing that, but it would not surprise me. Um, and I would applaud Tops or Fleer or any of the companies that put out cards if they did add additional utility to their physical collectibles. People were expecting, oh, I'm going to put money into this project. And then all the responsibility is on the the project developers for making the things that I bought worth more so that I can sell them and and make a successful trade. And that's just right. none of that is going to fly anymore. That that is no. all over. And that that doesn't mean we're not going to see another um, bull market for nfts it just means that this get rich quick concept um that that doesn't last anywhere anyhow you know when we were talking about grit in the last episode i actually had some some big hopes for it because i sort of realized everybody's been trying to push multiple separate benefits with nfts simultaneously there's the true ownership there and then there is the making money and those are two different things because having provable ownership of a game asset that's cool on its own if that can never be taken away from you and it has utility already that's really slick okay but then the as soon as you introduce the concept of then selling digital assets some part of it sort of inevitably becomes about this money-making opportunity. And some people who consume that product will either do so specifically because they want to make money off of it, or they may feel a little disgruntled by the fact that now there is there is a profit incentive baked into the system. Well, this is an ongoing discussion that we're having uh, because it is developing, always developing as new initiatives are surfacing and the uh, the marketplace is moving forward. We'd love to hear from you guys. Our email is always open 24-7, the nifty show at gmail.com. You could always let us know what you think uh, of you know what we're talking about, if there's anything that you'd like us to cover, but we're going to keep bringing you these discussions right on the front lines of NFTs now, covering them since 2017. And this show is actually coming up on its third year, I believe. I don't know when episode one officially came out. I'm trying to look it up right now and see if there's a date on it. May 30th, 2020 was the uh, the first episode that uh, Travis and I released. So we're coming up on three years of uh of nifty show what do you think of that that is a little crazy you're gonna have to sign the show up for pre-k soon there you go and uh don't forget to subscribe uh ring the bells review and what else be sure and keep it nifty looking into the future what do we see it's lined with digital collectibles we call them nfts Games, trading cards, digital art, and those crypto kitties. Joel and Riles are the hosts you'll know. Joel and Riles say this won't blow. They're locked and loaded, so ready, set, go! It's the Nifty, really kind of spiffy. The Nifty.